Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 751, 751. If you'd like to have a copy of it, of uh, 751, program 751, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're free, including postage and handling. You know, just uh, how many things in this world today are free? Uh, to see the sun, the moon, the stars, that's free. And to, if you can uh, go to the beach, that's not free. You're going to have to pay around $4 and something per gallon to get there. But the Word of God is the most important thing in the world, and it's absolutely given to us free of charge by the Lord. And therefore, I don't charge for it. Anyone that receives the Word of God from the Lord uh, that would charge for it, I just don't understand that. Uh, but we have, um, I've got some, um, a real powerful message from the book of Luke. We're continuing on. And I've got some music and some letters. Uh, but right now, let's pray that God, Lord, Father God, that you will continue anointing me on these messages. Because it's obvious to see that uh, the things that you're talking through me to the general public and to your body, those are uh, the people that really are your body that are listening, they're winning souls and strengthening the church. Lord, I pray that you um, heal those that are sick and afflicted, that you give finances to those of your children. I'm talking about those that are born again of the Spirit. Those are your real children. And, uh, Lord, that you'll rebuke Satan for uh, against all attacks of Satan, every kind. Uh, heal disease, sickness, infirmities. Uh, cast out devils, Lord, that people are possessed with the devil. And those that are about to perish, Lord, let the gospel be preached to them. Let them hear it and receive it. And uh, let them be healed. If they're going to continue... If they'll learn your word and uh, get the gospel out to people, Lord, don't let them die. Heal them. But if they don't want to do what you command them to do, well, then, Lord, uh, let them be saved and then take them out before it's uh, too uh, late, before they backslide, like so many of the people that call themselves Christians today. Lord, uh, there are churches filled with these kind of people that don't realize... Um, they think they're full of faith, but like disciples that uh, people thought were disciples, and they really were, uh, with the exception of one, they fell away from Jesus uh, after you were crucified. So you told them to uh, take a wallet and to take money with them because they, they walked without that before and get a sword uh, for protection because there's no protection from you. When people doubt, there's no protection from you, and they have to get jobs, they have to go to work, they have to do everything. And, of course, we all have to work as well, or we don't eat. But, Father, we ask that you uh, get uh, to the core of where people are and bring them up in the spirit uh, so that they can finally realize that they really don't have the faith it takes to be able to see something go wrong in Christians' lives and still remain standing. So many people are offended at you, Lord, that they, like John the Baptist, like when they have to go through some persecution, they start wavering and they wonder if you're really God. You are God. And, Lord, you warned us of these times. 
that we're living in today. And Lord, we really need to have real faith. Uh, so many people that are Christians uh, use church, the church for a place of uh, fellowship and to uh, meet and talk and just uh, gab and shoot the breeze. Well, Lord, you want everybody to know that that isn't what it's all about. You died on the cross, you, uh, and you want everybody else to carry a cross, to take up the cross, deny themselves, and follow you. And you tell us not to love the world because the world uh, is uh, not of you. All those that love the world are of the world. They uh, are not of you. They're not of God. So we're commanded to not love, to love not the world, uh, to because all that is in the world is of the flesh, uh, lust, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Lord, um, every demonic way uh, that people are being bothered by Satan, Lord, to remove it from them as far as the east is from the west. Hallelujah. And Lord, I ask it in Jesus' name. That, and um, everyone says amen. Amen. All right. Now, here's a recording that I just did with the Czech Republic, the Czechoslovakian Republic uh, Orchestra, and uh, we have also H.B. Barnum's Choir, which is the Life Choir and the Hollywood Choir. This is a symphony orchestra, the Prague Symphony Orchestra, so, um, and it's called uh, No Man is an Island. The arrangement was by H.B. Barnum, he conducted, and uh, I believe you'll like it. Go ahead. No Man is an Island. <laughs> You know, in these last days, many people think that they can conduct their lives the way that they want to. But really, no man, I mean no man, no man can stand alone. We need the Lord. We need the Lord Jesus Christ. No man is an island No man can stand alone He needs faith as his guide To lead him to his throne No man is an island may have wealth untold, but without peace of mind, what good is all his gold? A while ago, my world was a stormy sea. I learned to pray, and his hand reached out to me, can't you see, no man. 
is an island No man can stand alone So have faith and you'll find A love that can't grow You know, these are the very last days Jesus Christ is coming back to earth again to know that we can't do this alone. We need the Word of God. We need Jesus for our God. Remember that all the days of your life. A while ago, a stormy sea, I learned to pray. And reached out to me Can't you see No man is an island No man can stand alone So have faith and you'll find His hand, and you never be Praise the Lord. That's uh, fully mastered now. That's the way it'll be and it's going to be for uh, the rest of the duration of the time that anyone plays it. And, um, okay, now we're in what chapter in Luke? 22. 22, and I'm going back a verse or two here because the Lord here in verse 36 is saying, uh, because he was telling people, his disciples said he was going to have to die and that he was going to be raised from the dead on the third day. But uh, they all thought, yeah, we'll never uh, deny you, Peter said. Uh, they, everybody's just full of faith. Uh, there's no problem whatsoever. But Jesus is telling them before the cock crows uh, that uh, the apostle Peter would deny him three times. So that's the way it is, folks. And then a lot of people never recover from that. Jesus told him that whenever he is converted, uh, then he said that he wanted him to feed the rest of the sheep. Now, the most important feed that there is in the world is the word of God. Uh, there isn't anything more important for people to get into their system, uh, to eat, to, to hunger and thirst for that which is the righteous word of God in them so that they know uh, that they'll have this 
this tremendous amount of faith that uh, people need in order to stand, especially in these last days. These last days are the worst time of all. The Bible plainly states that we're living in the most perilous times of all because people are lovers of their own selves and the most dangerous time of all. Lovers of their own selves because, you know, people will sell you down the drain. Uh, whether you're right, uh, especially if you're right, if they can get out of going to prison or if they'll get out of prison or if they'll get... Uh, some kind of compensation, uh, monetarial from the government or some, some kind of favors from the government, just like Judas realized that, that he would get uh, so many pieces of silver. Uh, but after he betrayed the Lord and he was crucified, well, he went and hung himself and his bowels burst out of his body. And, um, of course, his spirit is in hell now. His soul, his entire soul is in hell. And he's going to be slung into the lake of fire. Because what he did is he uh, betrayed the actual person who uh, created everything in the heavens and in the earth. Uh, he betrayed God. How do you betray God? How can anybody be so wicked as to betray God? Now the Lord said he went away to send his spirit into many other people's bodies. And so when you're betraying one of the Lord's people, we're now sons of God. If we have the spirit of God in us, if we have Christ in us, if we have the Father, if we have the Holy Spirit in us, then we're sons of God. And people by the dozens have betrayed myself and many, many, many others besides myself. I'm just going by my own experience and what I've heard about others that have been betrayed by people that were former Christians. And yet you've got the Baptist cult and the uh, other cults like that, and especially the Catholic cult, the world's most dangerous cult, the homosexual cult, and the child molesting cult. Uh, they believe that once saved, always saved. All you got to do, even the Catholics, well, they get a little bit more scriptural than the Baptists. They say, well, you know, you could go to hell. They tell you that if you don't pay them enough money and uh, so on and so on. They're just full of malarkey. Uh, malarkey. Okay. Uh, blarney. But uh, the Bible doesn't say things like that. It tells the truth. The word of God is the truth. The way, the truth, and the life is Jesus. So Jesus is uh, telling these supposed to be filled to the hilt with this, uh, the uh, spirit of faith. He's telling them, uh, no, you're not. He says, as a matter of fact, you're all going to run like a bunch of deer. When you see me crucified, because I've been telling you that I'm the Lord of glory. I created the heavens and the earth and the fullness thereof. And here you're going to see me crucified. And you're going to lose faith completely for three days and three nights. Of course, when you see me resurrect from the dead, the faith will come back. But uh, in the meantime, you're going to deny me, Peter, three times. Here it goes, so verse 36. Then uh, Jesus said, said he unto them, But now 
He said, I told you to go out with uh, your wallet and your money and your stamp and two coats and without shoes and all that. But now, Jesus said that um, uh, you that have a purse or a wallet, uh, let him take it. Make sure you take it with you. You're going to need some money. You never needed money before when you were walking under the anointing of the Spirit because people would understand that you're of the Lord because they could feel the Holy Spirit and you were preaching the truth to them and it gave them happiness and gladness. And uh, it gave them, they could feel their soul, their spirit being fed. So they did have a purse, uh, you that have a purse, um, don't keep it at home anymore, take it with you. Going to need the loot. And likewise, his script, the money, that goes in the purse, the bag, the wallet. And he that has uh, no sword, because you're going to lose complete faith that you don't need sword or carnal weapons whatsoever. And those that have no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one because you're not going to be uh, feeling comfortable without a sword. Verse 37, For I, Jesus, say unto you, that this that is written must yet be accomplished in me. And he was reckoned among the, this is he saying this in the scripture in the Old Testament, that um, he was reckoned among the uh, transgressors, the sinners, the Gentiles, the nations, or, uh, and also uh, the ungodly Jews, for the things concerning me have an end. In other words, I'm going to be put to death, and then I'm going to ascend into the kingdom of heaven. Verse 38, And they, the disciples, said, Lord, behold, here are two swords. And he said unto them, It is enough. It is enough. Well, what does that mean? One minute he's telling them to get the sword. Then he says, uh, you got two swords. Sell your garments and get a sword. There's two swords. It is enough because it's only going to be for three days that they're going to lose this faith. They're going to hide. They're going to be shivering. Uh, they're going to get into beads of cold sweat behind the door because they, they don't want their mousy skin or flesh to be hurt or put to death like Jesus. They're going to see Jesus put to death. So Jesus said, okay, two swords is enough. You're going to have real faith after you see me raised from the dead. Though we are, hearts are just like shivering and shaking. How about yours out there? Verse 39. And he came out and went, and Jesus came out and went. He was monked to the Mount of Olives, uh, where he uh, camped out, and his disciples also followed him. Verse 40, And when he was at the um, place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. Don't be tempted to doubt. Because just because things, you, you look at things on the outward appearance, 
You know, the entire world government is against um, moi, me. But don't uh, fall into temptation to think just because they're huffing and puffing on television that that's going to do anything to my faith because uh, the Lord has put me through some fire. I'm quite a bit like, uh, spiritually, I'm quite a bit like gold tried in the fire. And I'm going to heaven, and I thank and praise the Lord for letting me know that. Verse 41. And Jesus was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, as far as you can throw a stone, and kneeled down and prayed. Verse 42, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. The Bible says that Jesus despised the shame of the cross. They're going to strip him naked and hang him up, you know, in front of everybody. This is the Roman Catholic way. They were Roman soldiers that did that. Nevertheless, don't let it be my will, Father, but thy will be done. I'll go through this embarrassing, shameful, disgusting, the shame of the cross. And we all have to carry the cross, and we cannot be concerned about the shame of it. Uh, people from uh, the different recording studios and the movie studios saw me distributing literature on the, on the street. I didn't want to do it because it seemed a shameful thing for me to do. But the woman that God gave me, she was the most godly woman. She says, you have to do it because the Lord says you have to do it. You have to move into this $60 a month shack. It didn't even have a floor in it. Some hippies had lived in there before. And there were all these weird uh, green snakes on the wall. No uh, no floor at all. It was just dirt. And it was, uh, Susie said, we'll store our furniture in there. And when we, I said, oh. she says, we might have to move into a bad place. And I says, I'll never move into a bad place. Susie, I've lived too long high on the hog, and I'm not going to do it. And the minute that I said that she's due, that we were going to have to move into that shack. And I just really was hard to believe, but we did, and we stayed there for a long time, and I never wanted to move out of there because the nut was so small. We were only paying 60 a month, and we were able to put all the rest of the money into the gospel field. And a lot of people in my church and other churches can't figure that out. People are buying like a thousands and millions of dollar buildings and things like that. But the greatest work that I know of that's been done on earth during my lifetime was done right out of the, started out right there in that shack and in a narcotic dope den over on Carlos Avenue. The Lord uh, opened the door there. One of the people in the church, uh, before I was in the church, he was a dope salesperson, young man. And uh, he uh, was in jail, and some of the people from this narcotic group then said if we helped him get out of jail, uh, they would bring him over so that we could witness to him. And so we that's the deal that Sue and I made with him. So uh, we prayed, and he got out of jail, and so he came over, and he was saved, miraculously saved. And he was kind of the dope den leader. And he was able to talk those people into uh, following our instructions. 
It was the Holy Spirit coupled with it. And we went out into the streets, all of them, to distribute literature in Hollywood. And uh, out on the Sunset Strip, we became what the Antichrist said. We were a public nuisance. Now, all the skin flicks, they were not public nuisances. And Whiskey A Go-Go and all those places out there, they were not deemed uh, public nuisances, but we were we were preaching the gospel. We were getting all those people off of narcotics and drugs. So it was a shameful thing because, like, we were out there on the streets and people, uh, not for Sue, but for myself at first, but when I saw hippies getting saved, uh, the people in show business were not getting saved. The people that uh, were supposed to be the elite or the high class. They weren't getting saved. They didn't want anything to do with the gospel. And the people in the churches didn't want to. We'd win all these souls. We'd take it down there and say, can they go here? Oh, no, no, no. They're too dirty. Uh, they don't uh, have their hair cut. And uh, Susie told them, well, uh, if that's all we need to get people's hair cut, all we need is a bunch of barbers then to convert people, right? I thought she was so funny. And uh, she just uh, amazed me with her wisdom. And so uh, I finally got to liking it out on the street because I could see all those hippies getting saved. But later on, a lot of them, the majority of them, uh, turned on us and uh, fell away in their back and did uh, the same things that they were doing before they got saved. All right, some were doing something else. I trained them in business and stuff, and they're running their own companies now. And um, I guess they're doing well. I don't know. But at any rate, Jesus is saying, not my will. You know, I'll go through the shame, and I'll go through the torment and the pain and the suffering. Not my will, but your will be done. And uh, Susie said, we have to, we don't have any money. We have to go door to door. You've spent everything you had on the gospel and people. And now that you cannot work uh, in the, the uh, entertainment industry any longer. So let's uh, go to the back door of supermarkets and ask the managers if they can donate some food, some day old bread and things like that to the ministry. And so we... Uh, I did that, and we, I had these last pair of these real nice boots that I had, and uh, had to tiptoe through you know, old tomatoes that were on the back of the supermarkets and things like that, and asked them uh, for, you know, we're doing the work for the Lord. All these souls are not coming in your store and stealing any longer, and we... Um, they're being filled with the Holy Spirit, and we were just wondering if you had anything extra that we could feed them. And people would be nice, some of these stores, and we would um, give to them. Um, some of the major markets in Los Angeles, we did that. Verse 43, And there appeared an angel unto Jesus from heaven, strengthening him. Look at, why would they strengthen Jesus? Well, he would just tell them of all the hundreds of millions of souls that would be saved 
by the act that he's doing and that no one would ever be able to be saved if he didn't go through it. You are the son of God and uh, uh, you know that what you have to do. And I'm sure you a glimpse, you know, you can see a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven. And being, verse 44, in an agony, he prayed more earnestly in his uh, sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Verse 45. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. Well, you know, when people are sorrowful, they want to sleep. They want to, actually, a lot of people want to die. They just want to get out of this world where all this agony and pain and suffering and sorrow is. But that doesn't do any good when we're in pain and sorrow like that. We need to pray. So we get some answers and find out we know that this storm is not going to last forever. You've been through different storms before in your life. You've even been in rainstorms and hurricanes, tornadoes, different things like that. And the storm passes over in just a few minutes and then uh, everything is fine again. Well, that's the way it is uh, walking in the spirit. Verse 46. Uh, and Jesus said unto them, Why sleep? Why do you people sleep? Rise and pray. Raise up, rise up and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Because he knew they were going to be tempted and they're going to fall away for a season. Verse 47, And while he yet spake, behold, a multitude and he that was called uh, Judas, one of the twelve, one of the twelve disciples shows that once saved, always saved, is a lie out of the pit of hell being preached by many Baptist churches. Some of them have repented and have believed the truth. They went before them and drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. This Judas wanted to kiss Jesus on the cheek. But Jesus, verse 48, was uh, said unto him, Judas, uh, do you betray thou me, the son of man, with a bacha, or a basse, a kiss? That's what he was doing. Verse 49, when the, they which were about him saw what would follow, they said unto him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? Verse 50, and one of them uh, smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear, his right ear to be exact. Verse 51, and Jesus answered and said, Suffer thus far. Suffer ye this far. 
and he touched his ear and healed him. Ears probably laying on the ground, so he picked it up and glued it back by faith into the man's head to where it was whole. Verse 52, Then Jesus said unto the chief priests and captains of the temple and the elders which were come to him, uh, do you come out, or be ye come out, as against a thief, with swords and staves? Am I that dangerous to you? What have I ever done? Verse 53, when I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth no hands against me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Well, Jesus, uh, they knew that if they arrested him during the time when the multitudes of people were there, that it would have been very dangerous for them because the multitudes probably would have killed him. Verse 54, Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. Oh, just full of uh, faith. Verse 55. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were um, set down together, Peter sat down among them. Verse 56. But a certain maid beheld him as uh, he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, this man was also with him. She'd like the general public. The general public see the uh, Antichrist or the devil coming against Christians, especially Jesus and people that have Jesus in them. And they, they turn. They turn so easily to uh, report like the Antichrist has turned everybody in the world into uh, police to report uh, horrible criminals like Christians. And they try to make it look like Christian. The Bible is evil and that those filthy demons are good. And that's what this is right here. Verse 57. And he denied him, say, uh, him saying, Woman, I know him not. In other words, he denied Christ. Uh, Horrible criminals like Christians. And they try to make it look like Christian. The Bible is evil and that those filthy demons are good. And that's what this is right here. Verse 57. And he denied him saying, woman, I know him not. In other words, he denied Christ saying, woman, I know him not. Whoa. He didn't know Jesus, he's lying and denying the one who created heavens and the earth and the fullness thereof and the one that he was following and saw uh, him raise the dead, cast out devils and heal whole towns of people. I don't know this guy. Verse 58, and after a little while another saw him and said, thou art also of them and Peter said man I am not 
verse 59. In about the space of one hour after another, uh, confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with Jesus, for he is a Galilean. Verse 60. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, while he yet spoke, the cock, the rooster, crowed. Just like Jesus said that it would happen. Now you've heard these stories before, these truths of the word of God. Verse 61. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. Jesus looked upon Peter. I imagine raising his eyebrows. And Peter remembered the word, the prophecy of the Lord Jesus, how he had said unto him before the cock crow, the rooster crows, thou shalt deny me three times, thrice. Verse 62, and Peter went out and wept bitterly. Oh, my God, I, why did I do it? You told me I wouldn't. I did. Verse 63. The men that uh, held Jesus mocked him and smote him with their fists. Verse 64. Their Gentile, hairy, red fish punched him. Verse 64. And when they had uh, blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, saying, Prophesy, who is it that smote thee? Verse 65. And many other things blasphemously they spake against Jesus. Verse 66. And as soon as it was day, the elders of the people and the chief priests and the scribes came together and led him into uh, the council, saying, verse 67, Art thou the Christ? Tell us. And he said unto them, If I tell you, ye will not believe. Verse 68, And if I also ask you, you will not answer me nor let me go. Verse 69. Hereafter shall the Son of Man, Jesus says, sit on the right hand of the power of God. Verse 70. Then said they all, Art thou then the Son of God? And he said unto them, Ye say that I am. Verse 71. And they said, what need we any further witness? For we ourselves have heard of this, this thing out of his own mouth. Okay, this is the end of chapter 22. Now this is chapter 23. And the whole multitude of them rose, arose and led him unto Pilate. Verse 2, and they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation 
and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ a king. Verse 3, And Pilate asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And uh, answered him, said, uh, And Jesus answered him and said, Thou sayest it, you're saying it. Verse 4, Then said Pilate to the chief priests, and to the people, I find no fault in his uh, in this man. Verse 5. And were, they were the more fierce, saying, He stirreth up the people, teaching throughout all Jewry, beginning from Galilee to this place. Verse 6. When Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked, whether um, the man were a uh, Galilean. Verse 7, And as soon as he knew that he uh, belonged unto Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was a, a, at Jerusalem at that time. Verse 8, and when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad, for he was desirous to see him of a long season, because he had heard many things of by him, and he hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. Verse 9. Then he questioned with him in uh, many words, but he answered him uh, nothing. Verse 10. And the chief priests and scribes stood and um, vehemently accused him. Verse 11. And Herod with his men of war set him at nothing as nothing and mocked him and arrayed him in a, a gorgeous robe and sent him again to Pilate. Verse 12. And the same day Pilate and Herod were made friends together. Now change the page again. For before they were at enmity uh, between themselves, they got together to murder Jesus, and that made them friends. Verse 13, And Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people, verse 14, said unto them, Ye have brought this man unto me as one that uh, perverteth the people. And behold, I have... Um, I, having examined him before you, have found no fault in this man, touching uh, those uh, things whereof ye accuse him. Verse 15. Uh, no, nor yet Herod, for I sent you to him, and lo, nothing worthy 
of death is done unto him, or by him. Verse 16. I will therefore chasten him and release him. Verse 17. For of necessity he must release one unto them at the feast. Verse 18. And they cried out all at once, saying, Away with this man, and release unto us Barabbas, or Barabbas, verse 19, who for a certain uh, sedition made in the city and for murder was cast into prison. Verse 20. Pilate, therefore, willing to release Jesus, spake again to them. Verse 21. But they cried, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Verse 22. And he said unto them the third time, Why, what evil has he done? I have found no cause of death in him. I will therefore chasten him and let him go. Verse 23, And they were instant with loud voices, requiring that he might be um, crucified. And the voices of them and of the chief priests prevailed. And Pilate gave sentence that it uh, should be as they required. Verse 25, and he released unto them. See, these churches were the biggest enemy of Jesus. The chief priests had told the people that he was evil. Just like the large denominations today are the ones that are using the media to blaspheme the Holy Spirit that is living in Christians, and they are the evil ones. They're the ones um, rousing the crowd. Verse 25, And he released unto them him that for sedition and murder was cast into prison, whom they had desired, but he delivered Jesus to their will. Verse 26, And as they led him away, Jesus even said, those that deliver me unto you, the priests and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the religious people, they're more sinful than you are. And as they led him away, they laid hold upon one Simon, a Cyrenia, uh, coming out of the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might uh, bear it after Jesus. Verse 27. And there followed uh, him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. All right, uh, this is our time of up on this program. Before to read, now we just read letters. Where's the first letter from? From Rialto, California. Hey, what do they have to say? Dear Pastor Lomo, God bless you. You really socked it to them this morning, and that made me real happy. It's what the government is doing to the Mormons. 
Why don't they get after those Catholic pedophile priests? That's what I say. Yeah, that's what I said on the radio over and over again. Then what? Why don't they get after those Catholic pedophile priests, kooks, locos? That, quote, Mahoney bishop, unquote, was thrown on the floor and kicked around here in Los Angeles by two men. Someone asked him if he wanted them to call the police, and he said no. He covers up for these lame brains, quote, holy fathers, unquote, hell fathers of the devil. I hope these Catholic people wake up. And can you imagine some of these ministers, Protestants of the Assemblies of God, are honoring and holding high this harlot Catholic Church and the priests? Oh, the Assembly of God is not what it used to be. It's really a bad organization now. Then what? Did you hear what John Hagee said about his brothers and mother, how he put down Christ? Prophetic News Alert, April 30th, 1988. In a shocking interview with Houston Chronicle, John Hagee said, quote, I believe that every Jewish person who lives in the light of the Torah, which is the word of God, has a relationship with God and will come to redemption. I'm not trying to convert the Jewish people to the Christian faith. Well, I am. I mean, the Lord says that they're his favorite people and he wants them converted. Why would Reverend, quote, Reverend, unquote, Hagee not want to convert Jews? Then what? He said, quote, trying to convert Jews is a waste of time, unquote. It is no waste of time. We won, I've won many Jewish people to the Lord. They were living under the old covenant, and the old covenant is over with. It's now the new covenant, the New Testament. They must receive Christ into their vessels before they can be saved. Then what? Quote, the Jewish person who has his roots in Judaism is not going to convert to Christianity. Oh, you're a liar, Hagee. You know that. And I want everybody to know that you're a liar. Why would they waste time listening to your phony uh, preaching of the devil? Then what else? There's no form of Christian evangelism that has failed so miserably as evangelizing the Jewish people. No, we haven't failed miserably. It's just that you're not a good witness. And you... Uh, Apologize to the devil. You bad, bad person. Okay, what else? They already have a faith structure. They have a faith structure, but not according to faith. Not according to true faith. They haven't accepted the Messiah. Then what? Jews already have a covenant with God that has not been replaced by Christianity. Unquote. Oh, okay. Well, is there a lot more of this? Oh, just about about. Yes. Our time is up. You're really a little too slow. Okay, uh, now uh, we're going to finish that letter. That's a real good letter because it's really exposing Reverend Hagee. How anyone could be so stupid to go to that church? It's only that uh, they're possibly naive because they don't read the Bible. But at any rate, now is the time to be saved. Uh, the, the only way that you're not going to be deceived by false preachers like this is to uh, let Jesus with his Father, um, the Holy Spirit, enter into you, and therefore and study the Word of God so that you'll be a workman approved by God, rightly dividing the Word. Of course, we uh, must. The Bible states that the Gospel is to the Jew first and then to the Greek. The Lord, when he was here, didn't even preach the Gospel to the Gentiles. He said, it's the Gentiles are dogs, he said. And this woman said, well, but the uh, the Gentiles, we dogs, are fed from the crumbs of the children's table, the Jews' table. 
How can this man be so wicked to say that? But at any rate, uh, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus is the truth. And you can invite him into your heart with his Father, the Holy Spirit, by saying this prayer. Say it now. Say, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. And I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, enter into my heart. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. I believe that the Father raised you from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, enter into my heart, Lord Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, and uh, wash all these filthy former sins away. Uh, you will not turn me away. You will save my soul, I know, because your word says so. Your word says that you'll turn no one away, that all that call upon you shall be saved. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, Sharon, tell our listening audience how to receive a copy of this program, number 751. It's free. Please let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479-782-7406. All right, praise the Lord. This is World Pastor Tony Alano saying, tune in tomorrow for another powerful message from the Word of God, teaching you the straight and narrow way into the kingdom of heaven. You may have a deaf ear to this message, but that's to your own harm, not mine. Uh, here we are with uh, another uh, recently recorded uh, message, um, a song it's called, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Jesus is my friend because he showed me that he existed. He showed me there was a heaven and a hell, and he delivered me from hell. He showed me the way, that he was the way, the truth, and the life. No one can take his place. What a friend we have in Jesus. Sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often Everything, everything 
to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Everybody does. Just get up to the 